Killer Instinct returned one decade ago. I was on the second floor of a building in San Francisco in an orange shipping crate. Don't worry, it wasn't closed and it wasn't used for shipping. Shortly after its 10-year anniversary, we've learned that the PC version is adopting the payment model that its X-Bone counterpart always had. Free to play with one character, pay to unlock all content at any time. This is the Breath of Life update. Now it's time for your hosts, Rob Roberts, Jamie Summers, and Loki, to also mention the story and talk about the rest of the week's gaming news. Starting right now on the show, where every gamer has a voice. Hello, my friends out there on the internet. Welcome back to another week of the show where every gamer has a voice. It is Orange Lounge Radio. We are back once again tonight with our show, episode number 984 for tonight, December the 3rd of 2023. That's right, folks. It's December and the year is almost over. But we've got lots of video games to talk about tonight uh, with myself, Rob Roberts, and my co-hosts here with me live every week on Sunday nights. Say hello first and foremost, hanging out in the fog by the campfire, the one and only Dark Sakura or Jamie Summers. Hello, hello. It looks like we see your peace sign, but you are muted on Discord because I see the little icon. The joys of doing the virtual stuff. Uh (laughs) I, I, um, I just found something really disturbing. Oh, yeah, I, I was, love disturbing. Especially- I was putting in my tags for Twitch and believe Jewish women is not allowed. Interesting. Is it? I wonder if I can put the me too unless you're a Jew. Is tag. it one of those like weird loopholes where it's just too long? Or do I don't know. I, I literally do not no, know. No, it's much very about short one. Interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. It won't let me add that either. Hmm. I don't know. Um. We use very boring ones here, like podcast and uh, Twitch stream. Right. And let me like do that. the abbreviated one. All right. Um, but well, still. Ugh. Never making an abbreviated appearance. Say hello to the one and only Techmaster Loki. There's nothing abbreviated about me. Sorry. <laughs> well, how are you? I'm fine. And uh, okay. So uh, you, you love to play these games. Well, at least have game play behind you as we tape live Sunday nights at uh, nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Pacific at the voice geeks network, twitch.tv slash V O G network right after the Bobby Blackwolf show uh, where we're at every single Sunday night. And uh, if you are watching live, I know many of you listen on the podcast feed and we do appreciate you. Thank you to all of you that showed up in our Spotify wrapped this week. Uh, we, we got to, I don't know if you know this, but when you produce, content for spotify you get a little wrapped that shows you the top countries that listen to your show and go figure the u.s and the united kingdom are number one and number two how about that anyway uh anyway uh loki uh you have a game that plays behind you uh what is this because i i don't know if i recognize this this is bro force oh i think i play i think this was like a free game on xbox gold or something at one point i think i played oh i'm sure it was just a hot minute of it and i i I didn't care for it i'm sorry but is this is this a game that you enjoy it's a game that's in my library (laughs) amongst all of those other games that i don't play the hundreds and hundreds of them so um allegedly uh you you have played this game but not really i have just never played this game yeah it's in my backlog actually i may have booted it up at one time because i i know my um fellow channel 64 cast members have wanted to play this multiplayer mm. and um we should that oh you know what i should have put on there you know 
because I've been watching lots of videos of it, as I should have done a long play of uh, Lethal Company. That looks fun. What you uh, always it, have next it week. Looks, it looks, it's, it's strange. It's also another game I probably won't actually play. Same with like Phasmo. I just haven't played that. But Lethal Company looks a little bit more interesting to me because it's got more of a backrooms SCP vibe to it mm-hmm. versus just ghost hunting, which is, I mean, as a person who's done ghost hunting in real life once, um, it's all right. Like, I wouldn't do it again. As a seasoned ghost hunter, that one time I did it. As a seasoned, I mean, compared to, like, the people on TV, yes, I am absolutely a seasoned <laughs> ghost hunter. But, um, yeah, I'd I just rather, like, the, the backrooms SCP stuff's more interesting than ghost hunting is. Gotcha. Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, well, let's get into our show tonight. And uh, we're going to get right into our kickoff topic for tonight, which is a pretty big story. Uh, this is a big deal for multiple reasons. And one of the reasons I think this is a big deal is I'm seeing this shared on social media by people that don't usually, I peg as people that follow the video game industry, at least closely. It's in that audience of people who play Mario Kart, uh, and Jackbox games at a party and played Pokemon Go a couple times in the summer of 2016. Like that type, which there's nothing wrong with that type of gamer. We love a casual gamer, but I'm seeing lots of people sharing this story on social media. Um, Loki, would you care to tell us a little bit about the uh, fuckery going on uh, in the world of Hollywood meets video games this week? So the long and short of it is it like a lot of people are pointing blame at Sony and it's not Sony. It's Warner discovery or just, I don't know if it's just discovery now, but it's discovery their shit show that is involved now with other content platforms because what's going on basically is you know on the playstation you can purchase not only games but you can purchase and rent movies and tv shows you can can literally have a can you still download episodes of the reality show original by sony the tester can you still download that probably okay i'd imagine i just want to see if the tester has outlived Sony, to, can somebody in chat research that for me? Can you still download the tester on Sony? So, because I want to see if the tester has outlived Dance Moms or whatever Discovery shows again. I don't even know what the fuck these shows are. But, but yeah, so like, yeah, okay, well, some, some. Oh, Naked and Afraid. That one I've heard of because nudity uh, is always going to get my yeah. attention. Sorry. Uh, like, you know, because I, I watch me some Food Network. So mm-hmm. there was like Cake Boss. I don't like Cake Boss. I am more of a Duff Goldman fan. I will die on that hill um shark week stuff um say yes to the dress you know that trashy stuff um long island medium going back to that ghost hunting nonsense um not the long island medium (laughs) uh deadly women but more you know like actual shows people watch mythbusters for example was part of that so um what basically happened with this is actually um so because discovery and sony are having a kerfuffle about digital rights and stuff like that um they are now going to be removing their content off the platform but unlike games that get delisted for example on sony's platforms they are actually taking this out of your library and this isn't shows that like people are paying like a monthly fee for you know playstation now or whatever plus um to get access to it these are shows that like you went and purchased this you downloaded it and it's supposed to be in your library, but then now they're like, "Well, no, we're taking that back. It literally cannot be on your platform at all." 
Which they feel that they should be refunding you at that point. Right? That's That was my next logical <laughs> but question. But they're not. <laughs> so if I spent $15, I don't even know what the cost is, but I'm going to say, let's say I spent $15 to get the first full season of Cake Boss because I just, I need my cake, cake inspirations on demand. I need to be able to, you know, see these cakes, freeze frame the cakes so I can recreate the cakes, nailed it, you know, that whole thing on my time. So you're saying that Warner Brothers Discovery is literally 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 going to sneak into my house in the middle of the night take it out of my home and put it back in their vault because right yeah merry christmas Um, happy hanukkah happy merry kwanzaa so yeah all of it they basically said as of december 31st 2023 due to our licensing or our content licensing agreements with content providers you will no longer be able to watch any of your previously purchased Discovery content, and the content will be removed from your video library. We sincerely thank you for your continued support. That sounds just like Konami, like last week or so, with the, you know, hey, uh, you're banned from this tournament, but please, please, please uh, use our products still, you know. But even even when Konami removed PT from the store, they didn't go on my PlayStation and remove it there. In fact, the ability Indeed. to get that demo and still play it on a PlayStation is like that that underground thing that cool people try to do to impress their friends. Like, oh yeah, I got a PlayStation Four that still plays PT. Want to want to see uh, the trailer? You know, it's still it's still a power yeah. move, right? They didn't erase it from your place. I they probably would have if they could have. So it's probably would have. It's yeah. weird. A little bit that Warner Brothers Discovery can do this. And I understand before I, because I know somebody's typing a correction in chat right now. So stop before you hit enter. I know that little fine print that we all agree to when we sign up for the store. We're going to, we, I know that little fine print does give them the right to do this. It's in there if you actually read through yep. it. That, but see, does, th- that doesn't mean the optics are going to be great on this. Do, do you exactly? Yeah. Do you because... really think that's going to stop a lawsuit? Do you really it, think that's going to stop a lawsuit? Yeah, exactly. Because if you think about it, like, what is this saying then for piracy? Piracy now is giving you a better experience than doing the right thing and purchasing your content legally. Because piracy, you can download, like, and, and this is, uh, there was a video that was done by, um, oh, I don't remember the guy, the, the guy that does Mac repair stuff um, all the time. He's an advocate for, like, right to repair and all that. Uh, Lewis Rossman. So Lewis Rossman was talking about how he decided to um, subscribe to Netflix, their 4K package, because he wanted to stream 4K video on his TV. And apparently because his TV was not the right kind of TV, even though it was a 4K capable TV, um, it was only coming in as like a 720p stream. And same with like his computer, his PC or whatever he was using to stream to was also not allowing him to do this. And you would have to have like specific devices and specific ways to do that in order to actually get the content. And he's like, well, I'm paying for 4K and you're serving me 720p. I am getting a worse experience than if I go on the internet and just go download this and it will be 4K and I can play it on any device I want to. It doesn't matter. I am not limited by all of these loopholes that you're or all these loop hoops that you're making me jump through it's stupid 100%. so once again 100 this just drives people to piracy 100 so once again discovery is sending the message saying that listen 
as a consumer, you purchasing these through these platforms that they weren't available. Like Discovery doesn't have their own storefront on <laughs> the Sony PlayStation. So through these legitimate avenues that you offered your content through because you're being a little whiny bitch about it. Now, now you're saying that you're giving the green light to everybody to go pirate your shit. Not that you really should because it's pretty crap, a lot of it. But that's basically what you're doing. I mean, if you really and... want to pirate Kate Boss, like, don't share that. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, here's some of the some of the wonderful series that are on here that oh, I have goody. never heard of, but like it, it they're basically I mean, it's like TLC bullshit. I mean, I think Discovery owns TLC as well, but like graveyard cars. What? Um Gypsy Sisters. Uh here comes Honey Boo Boo. Ooh, to, yeah. We weren't supposed to say that word <laughs> anyway. Okay, they called the uh, that's show. the name of a show. Uh, yeah, it, it, I don't it's doubt the it. Slur. All right. It, that's uh they have four seasons of Gypsy sl- no, I'm, ki- I'm kidding i'm kidding right um <laughs> you know hillbilly summer uh hoarding buried alive um all right i get <sighs> we get it we yeah. get it these are these yeah. are definitely like crap niche shows that people only watch when they're high and want to um feel better about their own lives because there's you know people out there that have it worse i guess is basically how you'd sum up a lot of those shows so um yeah, this is this is this is crappy. It's going to drive people to piracy. There will be a lawsuit anyway, even though people have agreed yeah. to this. There will be a lawsuit. But guess what? Do you know what that lawsuit's going to do? Not a goddamn thing. That lawsuit is going to get some lawyers paid seven figures. But those of you that spent fifteen dollars on a season for Honey Boo Boo for whatever reason, that's your fucking right. If you want to buy Here Comes Honey Boo Boo season one, goddamn it, as an American, that is your or Canadian or wherever else this marketplace is at. This that's your right to buy that and enjoy at your leisure. Yeah, and you you, and, you have that right. But do you know what you are gonna get for spending 15 bucks? You're not gonna get anything. You're gonna get a right. pat on the ass, told a job well done, and a 99 cent coupon to use at the one remaining block store or blockbuster store in America. That's it. That's what you're gonna get from that settlement. Nothing of well, actual and, use. And here's the thing though, too, about this is like you have to understand that like this is something that can happen anywhere. So like I was, you know, talking about this with some friends and they're like Oh, yeah, I've got all these videos on Voodoo. Yeah, literally, that service could just up and disappear one day. Yeah. And, yeah, it's all gone. Sorry. Like, it, it's just gone. That's the problem with digital. Digital is you you have to trust the content partners for it. And yes. honestly, like, when it comes to movie studios and stuff, I don't trust anybody. Nobody so, should like, trust Warner Brothers Discovery at this point for anything. anything. Oh, God. And that includes yeah. their game development branch. I'm sorry, but Mortal Kombat 1, I'm talking to you. That means a Mortal Kombat game could disappear from from marketplaces at any time because that's the precedence this set. And absolutely, I'm with SSG 100 Matt in our chat. It's the precedence we're concerned about, not these particular silly shows. I mean, if you actually spent money on them, you probably disagree. But I think we can all agree it's the precedent, if nothing else. And Loki, that's very important as well as that trust. Because I look at a platform like Steam. Steam has come out and said, why, why do we all spend oogles and, and of money that we probably shouldn't be spending just to inflate our Steam backlog with games we should never play? Because Steam has said, and it is in their terms, if Steam ever goes away, those games will be yours. DR, the DRM button gets pushed, and those games are yours for all eternity allegedly Assu- well, assuming the servers will still work for those games 
I'm looking at a thing like Dead by Daylight. So event, someday, someday behavior is going to say but no But that more. would be behavior servers. That's right. That would be behavior and not Steam. So that is, that is you know, whatever company, well, company you're trusting. Yeah. You know, if Steam ever were to go under it someday, like, you know, and, uh, a hacker's going to hack. Sorry, so hackers quick, will find a way to crack everything. Dark Tetsuya case and point in chat says, Antstream, and a lot of you aren't keeping tabs on this service because it's a little bit, you know, it's niche. It's retro cloud, right? And stream already has lost the WB Midway stuff. So those classic Midway games, including Mortal Kombat, that were originally on the Anstream service, they are no longer available. Now, that situation is a little different because when you're paying for the cloud access, like a Netflix, like a Hulu, right. you know the games come and go. So nobody's going to be able to say, you know, you, you could decide if you want to renew Antstream or not. However, it's definitely, again, we're talking about that company loyalty. It's showing where WB is laying their hand right now. Let's be real. I'm sure there are lots of hardworking, wonderful people at Warner Brothers Games. There's lots of great people. So we should really call the problem what it is. And that is David Zaslav is the problem. Another billionaire who gets away with billionaire shit. And tax write-offs, like that Batgirl movie that was going to be diverse, fun, looked great, gets pulled to be a tax write-off. The Scooby-Doo sequel, even? That's right. Like the the animated thing? You name it. There's a ton of shit out there that, so David Zaslav can pocket more money with a tax write-off. And let's let's call, again, David sounds like the name of a bond villain it, it's i was just saying this on bobby's show it sounds like the villain in the superman movies neil before zaslav I, I i think i think if i go back and watch it that's what i'm going to hear from now on yes and dark to see says the wily e. coyote acme movie we lost out on too and people i know i already know the internet i already know the fucking blue checks on twitter and what they would say in response to this if i bothered to fucking read that hellhole anymore and that would be you're upset about a movie you didn't get to see Really? You're upset about a movie you didn't get to see? Excuse excuse me, bitch. I'm upset for all those hardworking people that worked on that movie. I'm upset for that actress who is really excited to play Batgirl and take on that role who now doesn't get to do that on that platform because a billionaire needed to have another fucking yacht. And the laws why of this country let him get away with it. Because the politicians, I'm sorry, the politicians out there have literal fucking brain worms in the rocks between their ears and focus on bullshit that doesn't matter in this country. And this includes, I could go on and on because this includes the fucking media. I don't give a fuck about George Santos. Never put him on my TV screen again. Never. I know he will be on Dancing with the Stars next season and this upsets me already. Why? (laughs) <laughs> like what it was funny well the george santos thing is more of a like it's more of a fascination in the sense that like with stupidity that we can't exactly like it's, like how how is this person allowed to be in TLC this position shows. Rob, it's the same shit as those tlc shows i'm sorry rob what i've learned anything dealing with her and the uh certain events going on in the middle east is that People look for, one, whatever confirms their bias, and number two, what is easily digestible, and they don't care about the facts behind it. But George Santos is a they moron, want, just, you know, but I'm sick of hearing about him. They want sensational. They want something that's going to make them feel important. 
or that they're doing something without actually doing anything. And it, it's anything. It's, you know, just the people are not looking at things that are actually important to what we do here in the U.S., you know, and they're 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 blaming the first factor that comes up and this is human nature is to always look for a scapegoat you know but they they point fingers at the wrong parties and that's what i mean that's kind of what they're doing with with this situation you were talking about right yeah fifth fifth dream in chat says it's good to keep an eye on a horrible people in power to make sure they don't get away with it. Well, the problem, and it's not that I disagree with you, but the problem is these fucking billionaires keep getting away with it time and time again. And it's, yeah. it's, it's and- getting old. And you know what? I, I do not feel bad. My point is I do not feel bad at this point about pirating anything about WB or Discovery. And, and that's, that's I, I, you know, I know we're not supposed to talk about piracy. It's not something we're supposed to promote. Well, then you tell me. Like the the thing that really shocks me in this whole scenario is that somehow that Batgirl movie hasn't la- and or any of the other projects that've been named. I'm hung up on Batgirl because I used to fucking love Batman and Batgirl in the '60s show that was rerun when I was a kid and all that stuff. But anyway, my point is, I'm surprised that shit hasn't leaked to the internet. And that I I I I really 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 need somebody in Hollywood who has the ability to do it to leak that shit to the internet. Please do it. Please do it. All it takes is one hacker to go in there right. and start. That's right. Dumping stuff. You know, it's like it's, Sony all over again. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I know it's it's just TV shows and so forth, but it's 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 the precedent. It's the fact that they can take something away from you that you bought, and why, and why to to be a write off? Because it's just it's. I just, I literally don't understand how the government is allowing them to write off something like that as a tax write-off. Like, how can you prove that it was was a failure, or whatever the case may be, that you have a loss from it if you never put it out? Like, it's like, that's blatantly, like, I get it, like, on paper, maybe you can do that, but, like, the IRS or somebody's gotta go, like, wait a second, like, we gotta look into that. Like, that seems a little fishy and before we get the emails saying there's nothing proving that this particular decision is based on a tax write-off i would still say that at the end of the day I think it's they all, said that they've done it's that. all culminating to the bottom line and if it was a if it was a you know residual disagreement or something or some sort of like warner felt like they weren't getting enough money from the playstation store then fine remove your shit from the store why are they taking it off of people's devices they shouldn't have to go that far so it's just it's wild yeah, the um, yeah. the furthest we've seen this before um, previously was where you'd have like your cable company or whatever. It'd be different cable providers, and they would remove certain channels off of your. Oh, that should be paying for it's them. Satellite and channels, yeah. Local TV, yeah, all that stuff. So yeah, it's. I mean, which is the same because you're paying for everything, but you're not. You're getting less product. So I mean, but it's yeah. I guess if you still why want to support them you buy physical media um and that's kind of why like right there there's a perfect example why physical media will never go away it's because these companies are saying hey you can't trust us to you know you you can't trust us to allow you to give us money and then we give you the product that you get to keep 
it's just, you know, it's not a guarantee. Whereas at least if I purchase a physical piece of media, it's mine until it breaks. So, I don't know. Well, not only now, not only do you need a piece of physical media, but you need to be able to back up that physical media in case, like you said, it breaks or because because otherwise you're going to lose that thing forever someday. So and that's to, that's to even uh, do you think you can buy Honey Boo Boo in a physical edition anymore? No, but they're doing that. They're doing you a favor for not selling that in the store. And I'm sure you probably can. I mean, people have it and then they sell it secondhand. Um, yes. you know, and that's the other thing too. Second hand with physical media, you can get it cheaper. Yeah. Like it, there's a negotiation process there. I mean, I don't know. I love digital in the sense that it's convenient when it comes to like small indie games and stuff like that. I will support people like that with steam and all that, but yeah, buying stuff digitally on like platforms, like even on my PlayStation four and stuff. It's great. So I'm on PlayStation four, but now whenever I get a PlayStation five or six or whatever, Am I going to be able to access that stuff? Probably not. Yeah, because I don't think you can actually access PlayStation 3 bot stuff on your 5 or anything. I think that did change some time ago. Um, DJ Rama Essen chat says, there was a call for a federal investigation of WBD, Warner Brothers Discovery, after the whole Wiley Coyote movie debacle. You know what? I remember that because I remember a lot of people were laughing at it going, isn't there a better use of uh, our government's time? And I think this should make everybody give pause and say, you know, it's the precedent. And yeah, maybe maybe we do need to look into the, the underlying issue, which is why are they getting tax write-offs? Why is David Zaslav allowed to do this? And and to the, to the answer the question, whether is it a good use of their time or not? Yes, it is. Because the reason why we have departments out there that this is what they do. They look into antitrust and corporate malpractice and stuff like that and that is their purpose it's not like we're asking the senate to look into it like who cares what they think like there are other bodies out there that they're regulatory bodies that look into these type of things because yeah it's a major loophole if you have a company that's essentially finding it like a free money glitch type of thing by canceling projects when they're finished you know wouldn't you want to stop that <laughs> so that we're not so us taxpayers aren't paying for you know, Zaslav's fifth, you know, house or whatever. I mean, come on. Like, of course. Yeah. It's in the best interest of the people. For anyone that thinks an investigation of the Wiley Coyote movie is a waste of the government's time, I've got two fucking words for you. Hunter Biden. Thank you. Anyway. Hmm. Let's move on. But you on know what I hear is on his laptop, the full copy of Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. <laughs> That's why they're after it. It's so important. <laughs> I hate you, but I don't. I love you. All right, let's move on and talk about our gaming weeks and the types of video games that we have been playing this week. Dark Sakura, how was your gaming week? It was the usual. I played some Dead by Daylight. I played uh, Ruda no Hiho. I'm getting done with the first scenario very soon. Um, and I played some Disney Dreamlight Valley. Um the rest of my time, really, though, because we're gearing up for a recital and someone quit. So we had to sit and redo most of the choreography. And it took us two hours yesterday. And we even ran through it. We were working on this for a while. So I'm ready to scream. I'm like, that's been sitting back and playing games. I don't want to play anything that's going to get me emotionally charged. Because all I'm going to do is think about how how irritated I am. 
<laughs> Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to play mostly easy, cozy things, but I am going to do Killer Night later. Okay. Fun. Um, Bobby Blackwolf in chat points out the ever-surprising comment, I played Dead by Daylight 2 this week, but clarifying the pinball table in Pinball M, the M-rated version of Pinball FX. I had no idea that that came out, but apparently it did on Friday. I want to check that out. That sounds fun. I do love me some uh, Bobby needs to, to play the Debbies with us. <laughs> he he would hide that in would a locker the funny. whole time, and you know it. And I say that with love. <laughs> All right. So, but would he play Dwight while he does it? Uh, probably, because I, I don't see him. I, I think the only way you would ever get him to play would be with the Game Pass version of the game, which only comes with, like, what, the stock four heroes and Bill. So, yes. <laughs> the Bill. All right. Anyway. Uh, then Loki, we'll go to you and your gaming week. Uh, my gaming week was just Minecraft. I finished editing up a video for the Razorbook server stuff. I'm done with, well, I've been done with for, um, my Channel 64 content. I need to, uh, film a bunch of stuff for that. Now someone cranked (laughs) one of my builds, so I got to film more content for that. So I'm hoping to work on that this week. I started also actually up, um, editing the newest episode of, um the raise work server as well in fact we did like a live um th- th- he did his live stream on uh today and i was part of that as well so we got oh, to fun. see the build on there and so that was cool um and then i'm doing a uh upcoming event with about 100 other content creators for the end of the year so there's this thing called mc rewind which I think it's supposed to be like kind of like YouTube rewind in the sense they're going to have a video that they put out for it, but it's also just a server with people playing together. So I have to design builds for that um, at some point here very soon uh, because it kicks off in exactly two weeks from yesterday, the 16th. So it runs for a month. All right. Well, uh, let's see my gaming week. So I want to talk a little bit about what I did today because um, I went out today for uh, a variety of events that were happening in uh, AR games I play. And I think you all know that I I love to play the AR games. Most of them happen to be made by Niantic, though I'm certainly open to trying games uh, of a certain quality by other companies. I've talked a lot about Orna on this show and some other games as well. Um, But today was kind of focused on the Niantic stuff, which for whatever reason, they tend to all kind of happen at once. So there was a Pikmin Bloom event happening today for um, walking 10,000 steps to get a badge there. So great. You got to move around. Fine. But there was also concurrent events going on in Pokemon Go. I think this is the one most of our listeners probably know about because there was the uh, Suyin, I think if I'm saying that right, Samurott uh, that is available uh, only today in raids. Um, So a lot of people were getting together to go raid together uh, between, I think it's... um, uh, 2 p.m. and 5 p.m., although I think they extended it another hour. So I went out with some friends of mine to, you know, go find these Samurots and raid them and stuff. And um, I did get two shinies. Thank you very much. My very first raid, I got a 15, 14, 15 shiny. And I was like, I, I deserve this because I always get screwed in these events. So today, today's my, today's my special day. So I was very happy about that. But um, the fun thing was is that we were also, while we were doing that, we were also trying to play Monster Hunter Now, 
uh, which had a black black Diablos event going on, which uh, the monster that monster isn't usually in the game, but was only doing it today. So yes, we would we would uh, try to drive around looking for desert biomes, then pull over because we do it. Say we just did it in neighborhoods because Monster Hunter now is everywhere. So we'd pull over in front of somebody's house, take down the black Diablos, and then move on to the next one. So we were doing we were doing um, all of that. Uh, and then when we ended up at a park, we were walking around playing Pokemon Go. Here's my kind of point with all this is that when we were doing one of the raids, you know, there were other people there doing it too, which is interesting because we were at a place uh, that like usually for these events, people go downtown, Capitol Park. That's like the place you expect to see people. We were we were in a park in South Sacramento because that's where our adventures on Monster Hunter took us. And uh, there was a whole marathon going on downtown today, which was kind of in the way and annoying anyway. So we kind of wanted to get away from that. So we went more south of that. And we were randomly raiding with some other people. And uh, when we were talking about walking over to some other gyms, this this girl who had jumped in the raid, last raid with us was like, hey, can I, raid, can I join your next raid or whatever? So I, I have a crew, crew to do it with. I'm like, yeah, sure, of course, you can do it. Um, and so we scanned her into the party. We did that. And then we found out through that she also plays Monster Hunter now. <laughs> so while we were walking to the gyms, we were doing the Black Diablos as a foursome now instead of a three some with my friends uh and, and all that and then i just happened to notice while we were doing like one of the last raids i noticed that she had a bag that said final fantasy fan festival and i was like holy shit were you in vegas at the fan festival she's like i was and i was like oh man this was the first year that i couldn't go and so we were talking about that we were doing games whatever and she actually and this is really funny because i never talked about the fact that i do a podcast or this stuff but she actually was like do you like emmett selk and i'm like of course of course oh Sorry, I just hit a button that caused my computer to freeze. Okay, there we go. Hopefully we didn't lose any frames. Um, she's like, do you like Emmett Selk? And I'm like, if you've ever played Final Fantasy 14, yes, you like Emmett Selk. He's the bad guy, but in one of those, like, maybe he has a point kind of things. So he actually gave me, or I'm sorry, she actually gave me a little sticker that I guess she must do art or something and actually gave me this little sticker of Emmett Selk. And my point is, this was all because of pokemon go and meeting up and doing these things so i will say this for all the shit that we've given niantic about the return to real world and doing things in person and all this stuff and i do still totally agree that the remote raid stuff they didn't you know reverting changes is never a good thing however maybe they do have a point sometimes about getting people out into the real world and join up together and do these things because you do get cool interactions like this that happened today and yeah, now and now we're Pokemon Go friends. And I found out she's on the the server where I started playing 14, Midgarsimer. She's on Midgarsimer. That's what she plays. And there's not a lot of people on that server. So I was like, wow, small world. So I mean that's it's, that, it's, that was a feel-good gaming story for me today. Like making a new friend because of Pokemon Go for real. Yeah, it's nice to have those interactions, but I know that's not Niantic's motivation for those changes. It's money. So <laughs> no, of like I mean it is. of course it is. I mean <laughs> My like, friend had to buy potions because she ran out in doing the Black Diablos. So, of course, of course. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mike Deft in chat says, I think it's not that people don't want this. It's more like giving people options to do so. Absolutely. And I do agree. And, you know, we were also, when we were doing these raids, I was remote inviting anyone that I saw online. I think, Deft, you actually got in one of our raids that we were doing. So that was actually as we were walking around doing those uh yeah that was th those were the i think i caught my second shiny on that raid you were in deft actually now that i think about it so yeah so i was just inviting whoever i saw online 
I think I sent SSG 100 Matt like seven raid invites because I was like, well, he's on the East Coast. It's already over out there. But I think at some point I figured out, oh, he probably just doesn't have any remote passes. So <laughs> I just invite whoever I see. Never feel you have to accept those invites because I never do because I refuse to buy remote raid passes. So that's uh, unless the game gives me one for free, I'm never going to do it. So that's that. Anyway, well, hope you got some shinies deft. I, by the way, I did check in with Shane because if you you do know our Pokemon loving friend, Pokemon obsessed friend Shane, uh, does play Pokemon Go when there's something that interests him in it, and Oshawott is like his favorite Pokemon, so he loves the whole line, right? So he loves Samurott and all that, right? So today was a big day for him, and I did get the update that. And I'm, I'm going to quote the text message here so I get it right. Um, 33 raids, two broke on the catch screen, but they weren't shiny. Five of them were shiny. So that means he caught 26 regulars and five shinies. You math that out. You were curious how hard people went today. <laughs> I think I did maybe 10 raids tops. But um, all of us in our little group got at least one shiny that we were walking around with. So that was fun. All right, but that was fun. That was my gaming week. Otherwise, oh, I guess there is one other thing I should talk about during my gaming week. This is another interesting. Sorry, I'm taking up time, but oh well. I actually played some different games. Uh, well, this one's not different, but I played World of Warcraft because in World of Warcraft Classic right now, they're doing this thing called the Season of Discovery that just started Thursday. So it's the old school World of Warcraft with zero expansions, right? But the level cap is 25 to force people to fit pace themselves a little bit. And they've added this new system that didn't exist in Classic WoW. So now it's Classic WoW Plus <laughs> because now there is a rune system that works like enchanting that gives your character different abilities that they might not have otherwise. And with these abilities, mages can now heal if they want. Rogues and shamans and warlocks can all now tank if they want. With these abilities. I'm playing a yeah. balanced druid for the lols. Um, and one of the abilities, for example, you get Sunfire, which was an ability I don't think they introduced until Cataclysm was when some, but with the rune, you can actually get Sunfire, which you can get early on. So it's it's neat that they're kind of putting a twist on classic wow. And I'm really into it. Uh, even though I also really miss the quality of life perks that you know modern MMOs, you know, bring. Um, there's a certain amount of charm to it that I'm actually really enjoying. And the reality is Final Fantasy XIV's super in a lull for me right now. I've done everything I'm going to do in the Diablo 4 season, so it's like now is the right time for this to happen. So, yeah, I'm into it. I got up to level 12, I think I'm at right now. So I'll probably log in later, but I, I have to get my last steps in for Pikmin Bloom. So as soon as the show is done, I have to go walk the neighborhood in the dark to get my last thousand steps I need to get the stupid medal for today because I'm not letting it pass by. No, I'm not. Anyway, um, Questbuster in chat says, it sounds a little like the blood abilities from Diablo 4 that can buff up your tune in wild ways for this season. Yeah, um, but it kind of has that extra perk of like letting characters do roles they wouldn't normally do, like a mage healer. That's that's weird, but it's it's fun. And that's what's fun about the whole season of Discovery. So for as much shit as Blizzard gets for turning all of their content into season passes that you're seeing in Overwatch, that you're seeing in Diablo, and actually... Interestingly enough, I'm kind of surprised Warcraft doesn't have a season pass. 
that's just what they're calling the season discovery. But I think in that case, they're still getting your sub. You have to have an active sub to play WoW Classic, but that's all you need. You don't have to buy any actual WoW. You just have to pay that sub, but they're still getting that money. So I guess, you know, ain't nothing free. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it enough. It's fun. Uh, yeah, Questbuster in chat says, I was super curious why so many streamers were doing WoW recently, but this explains it. Sounds like a fun system. Yeah, it just launched Thursday. So yeah, you probably had a lot of streamer friends that were doing it Thursday, Friday, and on into this weekend. So, and probably keep doing it if they bring out drops or something as well. So, all right. Well, we have some stories to get into. I first want to make sure I also shout out happening this week. So we we do have a few news stories for you tonight. There's still some things going on in the gaming industry, but I do want to point out this week's going to be a big week in gaming news, right? We've got the Game Awards coming up on Thursday. Uh, we will be doing a live stream here at the Voice Geeks Network for the Game Awards. So if you want to watch along with us and we try to, I, I promise one thing we try to do, we're critical, but we're not overly, overly negative. There's very much a difference. So um, we try to keep a positive and fun and really about a celebration of games. Um, so we'll be live streaming. I know we'll be at least Bobby Blackwell and myself. I don't know if anyone else plans to join us, but they're more than welcome. Uh, 4.30 Pacific. 7.30 Eastern on Thursday. So we're going to be live streaming the Game Awards and get our reactions to all the stuff and all that good stuff. We'll try to analyze things on the spot best we can and try to, uh, yeah, talk about all that good stuff on Thursday night. So I hope you'll join us here at twitch.tv slash VOG network. Um, real quick comment from Mike Deft saying, speaking of Overwatch, after the conference they gave at BlizzCon, I bought Moira's Lilith skin with a battle pass. I'm sorry, but they definitely sweet-talked me with all those promises. I just hope they actually keep them. As much as I love that skin, I did not buy it. I've actually been playing more Overwatch than I talk about on this show. I have a friend that's really into it and like likes me to play with him, so he has somebody to play. So I've actually, I even, I got a play of the game this week with Junkrat, and it wasn't even a rip tire play. It's like the first time in a long time I've gotten a play of the game, so that made me feel really good. But yeah, I've, I've been playing a little bit of Overwatch. I love me a support hero. My favorite heroes in the game right now are probably, I like, Life Weaver is fucking great. And uh, Batiste. I love playing Batiste. His heals are so good. And uh, ever since I learned how to do the super jump, so you can like launch in the air and then drop the heal bombs on people, I love it. Like, yeah, Batiste is like probably my favorite hero to play right now. So, um, but uh, yeah, lots of, lots of fun in that game. All right, uh, let's get into some other gaming news. Uh, we'll go over to Loki to start us off tonight. Yes. Uh, before we get into gaming news, I was going to say, I hope that this year for the Game Awards, they have better security for state on stage. So that douchebag that like interrupted, you know, the whole thing isn't on there again. I'm so pretty sure Keeley's been asked about this multiple times. And yes, there will be enhanced security at the Game Awards this year. Right, Especially remember, so. same shit happened to him at Gamescom, too. Uh, mm -hmm. Different people, but, you know, and different, slightly different circumstance. But he he he. You, you will not be able to get near the stage uh, if you go to the L.A. theater, which, uh, by the I can't go to. I was hoping I could, but there's too much going on in my day job, and that's more important. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some good that EA is doing. That feels mm -hmm. weird. Anyways, um, so EA has one of the things that EA does do that gets overshadowed by all the crappy things that EA does is that they have a lot of patents that they develop for accessibility features. And they then make them available for other developers to use because 
it's just helping the gaming industry. So the latest of this is actually Iris, a photosensitivity tool that automatically analyzes and identifies specific frames that could trigger an epileptic episode for folks. As um, they have, as outlined by UK's Epilepsy Society and the US's Epilepsy Foundation, uh, about five people on the globe have epilepsy and are photosensitive. So this basically allows them to develop games that don't have, I guess, cutscenes or gameplay that would trigger this type of thing. They can kind of run this analysis through Iris and be able to tweak stuff so that it, it would be as safe as possible. So that is pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, they've made it available and that's great. So hopefully we'll see that implemented into other games. Um, so far, they said that it's been used in some of the EA games, including Madden 24, uh, FC 24, and WRC. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. No, making making these uh, types of accessibility things uh, open is a good thing for the gaming industry. So, um, yeah, no, no hate on EA for this one. Uh, in fact, I, I wish more companies would do this sort of thing and openly collaborate um, across the industry for these types of things. I think that that would be a great thing. And, you know, at, or the, even... at the end of the day, people move around the industry and end up at different companies and stuff. And it, this is just a good thing to to make our industry better. So, Or even just not necessarily just, you know, accessibility patents that could be opened up. Like Namco could be uh, non-douchebags and open up, you know, the whole... Uh, allowing people to play mini games while the game is loading i mean granted load times are like nothing nowadays but you know who doesn't like a good mini game while things are mm. processing and stuff and mish in our chat says i'm so glad because i have non-epileptic seizures and this helps a lot so this these types of things do help people uh you know and and uh games are for everyone so the more people we can bring to the table the better so yeah um Dark Tetsuya does say to to correct you, Loki, that that patent did expire. Uh, so uh, that no longer is a patent they can have. But I think you are ultimately right that now that we have solid state drives and all the consoles, you don't really have time for games on loading screens anymore anyway. So uh, that's true. The problem kind of fixed itself in that regard. Um, but don't worry, Loki. I do have something to reset the palette. I do have a story about EA being terrible. Allegedly. Now, I am going to preface this with saying it's a Reddit post. And does that mean it's actually news? Arguable. But since we do sometimes, especially on Slow News Week, talk about things that people are talking about on social media a lot too. And th this is something that is getting shared a lot. So I am going to bring it up here. And this is uh, somebody who allegedly had their EA account banned for a Steam purchase. Writing on a Reddit post in the Steam Deck Reddit. Mm -hmm. um, Hi, I'm posting this out of my own curiosity and kind of warning other members that might want to purchase an EA mm -hmm. game. My only gaming platform is the Steam Deck, and I wanted also to play some games with my girlfriend here and there. I purchased on Steam Store the co-op game It Takes Two. That's my only EA game. A week later after beating the game, I got a mail from EA support about permanently banning my account for violating user agreements in terms of sale, whatever that might be. I contacted support, and their response, which was a second photo that basically said, tough shit, uh, did not provide any concrete reason behind the action. Did anyone else experience similar experiences? Could it have some conflicting nature with Steam Deck being the platform? So this has a lot of people talking about, God, EA's terrible. Don't buy EA games on Steam, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I, now, my first instinct was like, is this isolated? Because, I, I, you know, if it's just one person, 
we're kind of taking this person at their word that they didn't do anything wrong, right? We don't know what other types of things they do on the side, what else might be loaded on that Steam Deck, whatever else they're doing. Although I do notice in the comments to the post, somebody links somebody else going, someone else reported a similar issue with the same EA game. It seems EA system is buggy, never buy EA games. And that leaves a whole bandwagon to say pirate EA games and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. One of the other thoughts that kind of jumped in my mind, and I think this is worth considering because I remember, and it's all documented on this show because this show is so fucking old, but back when my Xbox 360 was my primary system of choice, you may recall my Xbox Live account got hacked and somebody in another country used it to buy a bunch of those fucking FIFA packs and one of the, whatever FIFA release mm. was out that year, like FIFA 2008 or whatever this happened, like they bought a bunch of FIFA packs in one of those Xbox 360 games. So my thought was, if this person was new to EA and just created an EA account, did their account actually get hacked and was used by somebody else to do something nefarious and they don't realize it? And that's why their account got banned. I, I think it's an option uh, worth considering here. It possibly, but like considering based off of the description, the email, it sounds like they created the account, played the game, and then it got banned shortly after you know finishing the game or whatever, which wouldn't be a long period of time. So that'd be kind of that's a short window for someone to hack their account. Like I don't know. I thought they maybe said, I thought they said it was a week later. Hold on, I'm going. I'm going back. That's to still a very short period. It of is time, a very though. short period of time. No, it is. But you know, if yeah. they if they made an EA account and they were like, I'm just gonna, I'm not, I'm just gonna use a shitty password because I don't want an EA account. Blah blah blah. And they use like a password that already is on dark web from somewhere else that they didn't really care what password they were using. Maybe somebody was able to get it. I just, I just want to yeah, throw things. Yeah, I mean, again, possibly. I don't want to be like, oh, Rob is the biggest EA defender. But sometimes when I see things like this, I do try to think about, well, could there be another side to this? Like, I'm sure this guy did nothing wrong from his perspective, but could he have been hacked unbeknownst to him? I think that's a reasonable type of like, oh, that would explain why EA thinks they're right in banning him. And this guy doesn't understand what the hell happened. I will say where EA sucks and where a lot of companies suck in this regard, and this is what I will agree with and what does need to change, is that they're not giving specific reasons as to why people got banned. Yeah, and I don't agreement with our terms of sale or, or and due to what, what terms of sale. More, what? Yeah, you need to be more specific. You need details. Period. This interesting. If you go into the comments, they talk about they bring up that person that threatened to sue and actually got litigation against EA to get their account unlocked some time ago. And it's, it's ridiculous that that's what it takes to get a real person to give you an answer. Yeah. It's silly. That's what needs to change in the gaming industry. We need better customer service that actually gives real reasons for these actions that are taken. Cause if you can't do that, then that tells me real people aren't making these decisions in the first place, which is also a problem. Once again, you know, if the cert, if if the experience that you get through piracy is better than the experience provided by doing the right thing and making the purchase through the you know the proper channels and paying for everything, then you're advocating piracy. We love a theme. <laughs> we love a theme. All right, uh, Dark Sakura. Why don't you update us with a, a theme in another popular game? Well, <clears throat> the game Fortnite, it likes to do this kind of thing. Um, there is an event that happened in-game. Um, 
It was called the Big Bang Event. Lasted around 10 minutes and it put people all the way through different spots. But uh, it had everyone gathered on the uh, uh, OG island to watch um, some some different things in the past happen, like a rocket launch, a meteor crash, and everything going into a black hole. And then you go through all these portals and like Lego figures and then all these other things happening. And then finally Eminem appears and he does lose yourself. And you had to hit the notes in time to the music. Very guitar hero like. Um, and then basically he also turned into a kaiju and did Godzilla. Um, but it was like a big virtual performance. Um, so he is the most recent to do an in-game performance in uh, in Fortnite. So yeah, he it, it those, the end of season stuff is always amazing. Um, which is funny because like I don't play the game, but like it sounds cool. Like when you describe like all this pop culture stuff coming together, like they have the Rock playing one of the characters at one point, and it's just mm-hmm. it's nuts yeah it sounds like it's, I, it seems like Fortnite's kind of doing a lot of weird do stuff. stuff like this yeah i but it's cool yeah i kind of like when Fortnite does these things that aren't just about battle royale you know that does these yeah and sj100 matt points out apparently the weekend is doing one next week it's it's only good if daniel craig is there to introduce him <laughs> ladies and gentlemen yeah. the weekend Anyway, mm. yeah, um, Tiger Cloud points out they revealed some characters that will appear in Chapter 5 and tease some as well. And I've seen that discussion going on in our Discord server over at vaughncom slash Discord. Yeah, so because I think I think there's like a Ninja Turtles character that Tiger Claw is, of course, very excited about. And, you know, some of that stuff. So there's like literally everything like it, it's family guy. It's, right. Yeah. It's so funny because Fortnite is almost ending up being like the Oasis from Ready Player One. It's like literally everything I thought of it that way altogether right. yeah it, it's kind of like kind of crazy that they get all these licensing but it, it's a massive property that i have no interest in playing but it looks fun like i probably would have fun if i played it but i'm not going to <laughs> yeah all right well let's move on and uh talk about this story I mean, we we talk about how like monetization is getting ridiculous with different things, and of course now we're talking about Street Fighter Six and uh, the prices that Capcom are trying to charge for skins. Remember back in the day when you could buy a skin pack and it was like fifteen bucks, and that was expensive, and you got like lots of skins. Now they're trying to charge mm-hmm. for outfit pack three. I guess it's um. Skins for each of the different characters. It's going to cost you $100 in total if you were to purchase them. It's 18 different skins. And they the way you have it, it says, if you want all 18 outfits, you're going to have to spend over $60. If you have zero fighter coins, um, you have to buy two packs of $5 sets for 250 coins for a single outfit. So basically... They they do the the whole like 
hot dog, hot dog bun thing with you know the monetization where you could buy like you know packs of a certain amount of coins, but everything costs just a little bit more than that. So you have to buy multiple packs of that, and you have some left over, which is supposed to trigger your you know mind to go, oh, well, I gotta spend this now. It's just gonna be sitting there rotting. I've wasted my money, you know, and I have to go buy something else. You know that nonsense. They try to manipulate people into purchasing things they don't want. Um, so yeah, they're expensive. Don't buy them if you don't want them. Um, I mean, same goes with like Overwatch 2. We've talked about that where some skins are like 20 bucks. It's like ridiculous. And Destiny 2. I mean, they've had like different you know, cosmetics. Uh, I, I can never forget the Angry Joe show and um, Joe Vargas talking about they they're charging twenty dollars for blue, or maybe that was uh, Fallout seventy six. It could one of them. It doesn't matter. You know why it's so easy to get confused with which game it was because they all do it. <laughs> and so it's just one of those things. Don't support this type of behavior, and they'll stop doing this type of thing. If no one buys it, then no one's they're not going to do it. But the problem is they don't need everyone to buy it. They just need their whales to buy it, and that's why they do it. It's Good annoying. Point. Good point. Um, Bobby Blackwell of chat says, remember back in the day when you just unlocked extra skins by playing the game a lot? Seriously. Yeah. And, and or palette mm-hmm. swaps were just hitting a different button to select your character or yes, even like, yeah, or, or, yeah, or, or it could be even a different skin. You could just switch between the skins and stuff where it, it's, it's so dumb that they figured out that they can monetize everything. And so they do. I mean, it started way back in the day with EA charging for cheat codes on the Xbox 360 that yeah. you could get for free on the PlayStation 2. The beginning like, of the it, end. It, it's, it's, they're testing the waters with stuff and seeing what they can get away with and then pushing the envelope even more until people you know complain about it and there's a big backlash and they bring it back and then they slowly inch towards that again. Or there's the option, I forgot the actual uh, phrase for this is, but basically where they propose something absolutely ridiculously evil and then walk it back to something less evil, but that's really what they wanted in the first place. You know, instead of saying, yeah. I'm going to kill all the puppies... I'm just gonna kill one of the puppies. And you're like, well, I guess that's I don't like it's not as bad as killing all the puppies, but you know, it's the trolley problem. But I only wanted to kill one puppy. It's the trolley problem. Um, yep. Tiger Claw chat says, speaking of Fallout, have you seen the trailer for the live action series? Actually, no, I haven't. I'm excited. It yeah, looks. I've awesome. heard it looks pretty good. I have to. I'm not super into Fallout. I'm sorry. I know I'm not. I'm not like the other gamers. But um, if Same. it was, if it was a, a Elder Scrolls, it's just a world. I'd check it out. Yeah, I mean, maybe and maybe it'll land better for me as a TV show. I should check it out. I really should. So just watch the trailer and see if, you, if it's something. If it's something that I'm into, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I'll uh, I'll see it at some point. I don't know why Loki froze. Cool. All of a sudden. There we go. That's yeah. weird. Stupid internet. Um, uh, E3VL says surprised it's on Amazon Prime Video instead of Paramount like Halo. Yeah. Well, they bought the rights to it a long time ago, so it's not. And I mean, uh, was it the, we're still waiting for, remember, there's the um, Bioshock show that's going to be coming to Netflix, I think. There was a Final so. Fantasy XIV show that's supposed to happen at some point, too, and you know I'm excited about that, but it seems to be. It's, it's, uh, gamers eating good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, let's talk about the game Atari 50, which was a pretty cool little uh, retro collection that uh, was released, um, earlier this year i think it was this year by uh digital clips who atari actually happens to now own and i don't know if it's as a result of that or what but um as part of this uh, atari 50 is getting more games with a free update 
Uh, essentially it's DLC, but not in the traditional sense of like paying for it because it's actually just a patch that's, it's going to, but it's going to feel like DLC, I guess. Um, and, and maybe a good counterpoint to what Loki was just talking about. Here's, here's a nice way where the digital stuff has actually enhanced a game because Atari 50 is getting an update with 12 new games in it. That's coming out next week nice. for the price of free. It's being patched into the game if you already own it. Uh, December 5th, 2023 will be the date that this is uh, coming out. Now, they teased some of the games with emojis. So I don't have a fucking clue what these games are, but we'll find out really soon on December 5th, 2023 uh, when uh, this comes out. So that's only a few days away. Um Speaking of the whole Atari and Digital Eclipse thing, it should also be pointed out, reminded, that this week we also find out what Digital Eclipse is doing for their next Goldmaster series. And again, I think a lot of people slept on the making of Karatika, which is really the same engine as Atari 50, but when they focus solely on one game, they really go in depth with this. And they're going to be doing it for another game, so we're going to find out what that game is this week. And, you know, some people kind of go with the obvious choice of Prince of Persia, which would be Jordan Mechner's kind of next big game would be a good one for that. I'm I've been a little bit, I, I suggested Wolfenstein 3d as the game. And the reason why is because for some reason, one of the people that worked with that game was interviewed in the material for the, um, Karatika making of Karatika. And I was like that. I mean, the guy for mortal Kombat, I can see that one a little bit and I don't see Warner brothers playing nice with anyone at all at this point. But, um, why is the guy from Wolfenstein 3D in there? Maybe they had him comment on it while they were interviewing him for something else. So that's, I, and I think that would be a very interesting, you know, because uh, that particular game was the start of like a 3D revolution of sorts on PC and shareware. I think there's so much they could do with that game and talking about the impact of shareware in that era. And I think there's a lot of, younger gamers today god i sound like an old man but it's true that don't like know what shareware was all about when shareware was amazing so much of us like live that like we played the shit out Have of commander Keen. got him on quake mods y yeah you know yeah exactly so i i think that would be such an interesting title um and all the mods people did for that and of course you got things like spear of destiny that came out after that i think that would be such an interesting title but we'll see we'll see i realize i'm reaching so we'll see we'll see what happens with that uh, later up this week so yeah bobby blackwolf in chat says i'm getting whatever they make they won me over and honestly same i i i wasn't even a big fan of karateka but i thought that the the museum that they put together was so good in that that um honestly mm -hmm. if whatever they do is as good uh preserved as that it's it's gonna be great so all right, um, let's move on to other moments in gaming history, perhaps, Dark Sakura. So there, there's times when people own their own business that someone might shutter the business, but, you know, keep paying the rent for the storage. Well, we all, you know, we know that there were mom and pop, you know, video rental stores. There was a store in Nebraska that was a video game store uh, that closed in 1998 and the inventory was put into storage. Well, what they found after opening it last year is uh, 173 items in there that they've had appraised plus others that haven't been looked at yet. So like 
I'm looking at an entire box on one of these of Blackthorn, which honestly, no great loss. But, you know, there's other games in there. Uh, I mean, we thought it would just come back and sell them at some point, and they are now pretty vintage. So, um, the um, now some of this is, I think, someone who doesn't actually really know the, the value of some of the games, because, like, it's like, had a sealed copy of Chrono Trigger. And, like, some people will pay $10,000. No, they won't. <laughs> uh, I mean, some people might, but I don't think Chrono Trigger would fetch that, you know. Um, but he's thinking that selling off the whole collection would uh, would bring him in, you know, six figures. I, I don't think so. Um, but he's uh, going to be... Uh, they've called the collection now the Nebraska Collection, Um and it's not going. The games in there will not be sold individually. He's going to try to s- sell them all, uh, all at once. Which again, I don't think. I mean, if someone does it, they've got more money than sense. But I'm trying to see if if it was posted anywhere, like what the actual list of of the games, and I don't, I don't see the the list and. You know, if you think about it, with it being a store from 1998, then think about what would have been out at that time as a new game. Or even just in the past, I would say, eight months before that, if they were, if they were keeping their stock up to date. Um, but yeah, the, the annoying thing is that I'm trying to see if there is a list of what's actually also say right in ar- the collection. Right around that year, you, it should, wasn't linked. you should have um, uh, Black Lion, Final Fantasy VII, and um, was Castlevania Symphony of the Night 98 or 99? But you might have some, some Black Lion PlayStation games around that time, too. That was some after. Those, some of those are pretty That rare. came out, like, the year I moved out, so I think 99. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, because Dan had the import copy when I moved mm-hmm. out here. Even still, right. some of those old. But school, I mean, still, old, some of those old school PlayStation package games, like back before they they had the big like rectangular cases. Some of those still fetch a bit of money just because those cases are so rare. So oh, SJ one hundred Matt links a video of the well, and thank you for the YouTube link. I'm looking trying to find something text based because you know live show. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. And now, like everything's completely locked up on me. That's all right. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I think it's going to be interesting that this guy probably does make a little bit of money off of this. Probably not as much as he thinks. I think all of that, you know, that Super Mario Brothers original cart auction fuckery that happened, which I I believe was shown to be that it was a whole scheme to inflate the value of that type of stuff in the first place, may have given this guy a per- a bad perception. But like. If he does have a sealed copy of stadium events, I mean, yeah, he's going to get money for that. Um, And even, you know, he'll probably could. uh, This is so stupid. A a sealed chrono trigger is still going to be worth a bit. I don't know about 10,000, but it'll be worth a bit of money. No, the looking at the page for the Nebraska collection Uh and each of them had a placeholder amount of a million dollars on them. (laughs) I'm like, Really? So I'm looking at the, the games. We have ActRaiser 2, which would get money. Uh, Arrow the Acrobat. There's an Afterburner 32X. Alien 3. Eh. Uh, Alien vs. Predator. Eh. Like, I'm trying to... There's Arcana. I'm looking for things that I think would actually have been, like, 
worth something. I mean, there's a sealed Battletoads for Genesis. Eh. Um, 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 uh, Breath of Fire 2 with the crappy American artwork. The Dracula game was terrible. Um, I mean, there's a few things on here. Brain Lord, actually. Yeah. Um, that one's kind of. But, you know. But so far, I mean, okay, there's a Chrono Trigger. Things, I think yeah. that would get money. Yeah. And and honestly, the games that are on here that I would want, I have. Mm-hmm. These are Dynamite Heady. Um, like, I'm just looking through. And a lot of them I have sealed as well. But the thing is, is that they've got these placeholders on them so that they can show what the games are. They're going to be sold in mass. So there's an Eternal Champions. There's a Final Fantasy three. Um, I'm, again, I'm looking for notable. You know, um, Wow, Lotus two Sega Collection, <laughs> bunch of Madden, whoopty shit. Yeah, those those aren't worth five. You'd find a bunch of Madden on the uh, shelf at your local indie uh, store that buys that stuff. But anyway. So, okay, so we'll, it'll be interesting. The Majin Saga Mutant Fighter? It'll be interesting. Okay, we don't need to hear it all A to Z. There's a lot of stuff in there. It'll be interesting to see what does I'm sell. I'm not reading A to months. Z. I just was calling that out. All right, well, there's just, yeah, there's a lot of shopping lists there, and people can go check that out if they want to see. So, all right, um, let's move on. Loki. All right, so this is uh, quite the blunder, and I think it's pretty funny. So Ubisoft has been in a panic because they accidentally uploaded a Beyond Good and Evil remaster, a game that has not been announced, um, to their Ubisoft, uh, I think it's their Ubisoft Plus subscribers, and folks were able to download it and play the game, but now they're trying to walk back the leak saying, oh, wait, 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 no, hold on, you know. But then eventually they came out and said, okay, fine. I guess cat's out of bag. Uh, you know, Beyond Good and Evil is coming out. Uh, the remaster for the 20th anniversary next year. But I think, I think it's hilarious though, when you know, they tried to you know, delist it really quickly in a panic. But yeah, someone messed up. It's going to have a 4K visuals and 60 FPS gameplay with improved graphics controls and audio. I mean, typically what you expect with a remaster. This is kind of a weird thing to be hiding in December, but then I'm kind of like, oh, maybe this was something for the Game Awards. It was probably the Game yeah, Awards announcement. Probably something they were going to unveil there. It, 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 yeah, um, yeah. Whoops. Well, though, I'm, and to be fair, we'll probably still see it there. I don't see that they're going to like pull the trick because. The thing that didn't no. leak is the footage, so they'll still want to show that 4K, 60 frames a second, and all that stuff, the footage. Um, but I think for the most part, it's just to remind people that Beyond Good and Evil is, in fact, a franchise, uh, even though we haven't seen anything new from it for, um, God, a decade, uh, even though yeah. we were promised something. But we know how that – you know how that goes. You know how good development and, and the game – yeah, and the one – that was a, a leaked out wasn't the the final game either it was a, a development version that was leaked mm-hmm. out so whoops whoops so all right well we'll see we'll see this could be one of those safe bets for things you're going to see at the uh game awards um lastly but not leastly as we're going into the game awards this week you know there's been a lot of talk about what a great year it's been for video games but i have to say actually if you haven't seen the um 
uh, video with Ben Starr that's floating around on social media right now. He did he did a really good job kind of summarizing how it's a great year for video games, but it's not a great year for the industry. Um, you know, as as we've also kind of been talking about, is that there's been a lot of uh, uh, layoffs and stuff, and this week is no different. I actually am stalling because I actually wanted to play this for you. I think he did such a good job putting this together. Let me actually play this for you now so you can hear how he phrased this because I thought it was so well done. Here we go. Would you say 2023 is the best year for video games? Honestly, are we going to get serious? I think, um, yes. It is an amazing year for video games to come out. I think it's not a great year for video games insofar as all of the layoffs. I think it's not great for that, and I think that does need to be spoken about at an event like this. I think we want to celebrate all of these games, but maybe there is something missing uh, because a lot of people who made those games are no longer working at those companies, and I think that also has to be respected. So yeah, 2023 is an astonishing year for the video games that have been made, but not necessarily for the industry that it reflects. Um, And so I think that's a shame, Uh, and hopefully this is the worst that it gets. I fear that it isn't, um, but I really hope that you know we... The industry figures out a way of course correcting and allowing those people who've made these games that we are celebrating today to celebrate them as well and not be on you know, the unemployment line. Would you- I think he did such a good job putting that out there and really being respectful of the um, award ceremony that he was attending. But, you know, you know, saying that we're here to celebrate this today, but we need to find a way to kind of stop laying people off with all this thing. So, sorry, I know that was a bit long of a clip, but um, I just had to play that. And... I love that orange suit that he's wearing, but he does wear he does wear it a little high waisted, like he's going to go play golf after. But I still I'm very jealous of that orange velvet um, that he's wearing in that scene. Anyway, unfortunately, uh, that all leads into me talking about unfortunately another layoff story. This one's from Unity, and so you kind of go, well, Unity didn't have the greatest year, and at least the CEO took a hit. Uh, in the, you know, usually with these stories, it's somehow the CEO is never held accountable. In this particular case, Unity CEO was held accountable. But Unity will be laying off 265 employees, specifically though at Weta Digital, uh, which was part of the acquisition of the VFX business, uh, because Unity is now going to step away from this to focus on their core business. I wonder why their core business needs to be focused on. So I think some of this does play into what has happened, uh, as you saw earlier. This would be 3.8% of the total workforce for Unity. Uh, This was uh, Peter Jackson's original company there. Um, The pipeline technology and engineering uh, talent, the deal was worth $1.652 billion when it happened, uh, but they have terminated the professional services. Uh, in a statement saying, Unita, Unity believes the Weta Digital team are remarkable, but Unity needs to become leaner as it focuses its expertise on its core business. It also believes it will make more sense for Weta FX to own full end-to-end production activities directly. Unity will be focusing its expertise and people on other matters, and Weta FX will be getting support for its use of the Weta tools directly from its own crew, a shorter path which makes sense for both companies. So, um... That's a bunch of bunch of speak there. I I don't know. Like, then why did you buy it in the first place? Like, like that was kind of a, a tacky decision to just do. I hate it when companies buy other companies and lay everybody off. It's well, because so I think that they're they were hoping patents. that their their engine was going to be more. So 
like like, like what example, we saw with the matrix uh that that whole matrix simulation thing we had in the unity 5 demo well right? sort of was like that, un- that was unreal so unreal sorry but similar, no 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 that's fair enough right? and, and actually to that point like so unreal 5 for example has actually been used in tv shows to generate um it could be sets or whatever like one modern example of that actually is um so Linus Sebastian of Linus Tech Tips has a channel called um oh it's a game quickie or something like that and the set that they use in that is actually a virtual set that they created in Unreal 5 and so there's actually other productions that are using that as like a way to you know produce video like they can do movies and animation all sorts of stuff in that unity was setting themselves up to be kind of like that in fact there were many tech demos or movies that they would be putting out to try to push it in that direction i don't know if they ever got to that point and if people were really using the software like that um so it's just i i guess that what didn't work out as well for them as they had hoped which makes sense because, I mean, like, one of the things that Unity tries to push, too, with their software is the utilization of, like, monetization and ads and stuff like that. You can't really do that with movie production. So, I don't know. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's travel back to a simpler time when games were just games. Even though we may have a little bit of a twist tonight, but uh, I'm going to run the bumper all the same. Now it's time to travel back to a simpler time, where I'll dive into the vault and pull out a classic and tell you about it. It's time for the classic game of the week. But in our twist for this year, once a month, Dark Sakura picks a non-video game to spotlight in this segment. Dark Sakura, what did you pick tonight for the classic non-video game? I actually picked this for you, Rob. I thought it might be. I I picked Cluedo. As it is known everywhere else in the world except North America, where here it is called Clue. Um, it is a murder mystery game for three to six players, and it was uh, created, or I'd say conceptualized in 1943 by a British board game designer called Anthony E. Pratt. It was first manufactured by Waddington's in the UK in 1949, and since then it's been relaunched. It has been updated, modernized, and is now owned by Hasbro here in the US. So basically, the the purpose of the game is to figure out who the victim is, where the crime took place, and which weapon was used. And so you assume the role of one of the suspects and try to figure out how by moving around the the game board and you know collecting the clues to see who it was and oh has this game exploded dead um it's had spin-offs movies games so um i'm going to go a little bit into uh some of the history of this game so basically um uh, Pratt, who was uh, a musician and a factory worker, was stuck in home during the air raids uh, in uh, Birmingham, England, during World War II. And uh, he was thinking about these murder mystery games that some of his clients uh, would have. Um, 
and how exactly how popular detective fiction was uh including agatha christie um so he put out a patent in 1944 for his invention of a murder mystery game originally called murder with an exclamation point would you have played a game called murder um i mean there was a game called 13 dead end drive and i did play that so sure sure i'd play a game called murder as long as it wasn't like murder me Mm. well at any rate pratt and his wife elva um who she had helped design the game uh brought it to uh the executive at waddington's norman watson who bought it on site um and uh provided the name cluedo which is a variation of course on the word clue and ludo which is the latin word for i play um, and it was also uh, the name of a game that was based off of uh, Pachisi. Um, at any rate, uh, the design of the house was uh, said to be based off on the uh, Tudor Close Hotel in Roddingdean. Um, and that uh, the early editions of the game were called uh, Murder at Tudor Close. So... Um, after they got the patent in 1947, uh, there were some uh, shortages of materials that prevented the official uh, launch until 1949, where it was licensed to Parker Brothers in the U.S. and was renamed Clue because people in the U.S. didn't know what Ludo was. And we wouldn't know the name Ludo until the never-ending story and uh, and then a band named themselves after after the character. Anyway. Um so some of the differences from the original concept and the one published in 1949, Pratt's design called for 10 characters with one designated to be the victim by random drawing. Um, the characters eliminated were Mr. Brown, Mr. Gold, Miss Gray, and Mrs. Silver. There was the character of Nurse White and Colonel Yellow were renamed to Mrs. White and Colonel Mustard. Um, and then... Uh, you could uh, play up to the eight remaining characters, had up to nine suspects. Uh, originally, there were 11 rooms, including a room called the gun room and the cellar. And there were originally nine weapons. Uh, some of the ones not used uh, were a bomb, a syringe, a shillelagh. You know what a shillelagh is, right? I'm sorry, a bomb? <laughs> a bomb. Wouldn't, wouldn't that kind of also blow up the house? I'm glad they cut that one. Yeah, and it could be like a localized, like a little pipe bomb or something. But you know, the shillelagh is what uh, the blight carries, his cudgel walking stick. Ah. Uh, there was a fireplace poker and later on an axe and poison. Uh, some of these did appear in spinoff versions of the game. Um, the gameplay was a little bit different, too. So uh, the remaining playing cards were uh, distributed into the rooms to be retrieved rather than dealt to players and that you had to land on another player in order to make a suggestion about their character with the use of tokens and once you're out of tokens you could no longer make the suggestions um and you know some were left unchanged for the standard uh, classic detective editions and some were changed later so um some of the methodology for the game was similar to an American card game called The King of Hearts Has Five Sons, which is a game I'm not familiar with. 
Um, but it was really a game that just would get people together and have a little mystery on a cold night. So uh, as far as its marketing, it was called the Great New Detective Game um, in its launch in North America. And then uh, they uh, also... Uh, were trying to get the license for the great new Sherlock Holmes game from the Doyle estate, uh, Sir Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, and so it was really marketed as the great detective game and the Parker Brothers detective game. Um, the launch of the 1972 edition, which for those who are watching live is what we are seeing. And this is honestly the version I grew up playing because all my friends had the old copy of the game right? same actually we actually had this version at home until i got master detective although i'm sure that's coming up later but yes i i also had this version mm -hmm. well uh basically you the commercials in 72 which i've seen these commercials had holmes and watson playing a competitive game of clue um, and then later on like they started having like a guy who was like inspector clouseau from the pink panther films you know and then uh, they now, like, as of 1986, the slogan went to classic detective game that's uh, persisted all the way up until 2003. Um, but um, they've had, like, very famous, you know, fictional detectives uh, feature in some of the marketing, including Sam Spade. So... So in general, for the game, your equipment is you have a game board that has your rooms and secret passages in an English country house called Tudor Mansion. Um, it's had other names like Tudor Close, Tudor Hall, Arlington Grange, Body Manor or Body Mansion um, in Hampshire, England in 1926. Uh, the game uh, has uh, playing uh, pieces to represent the characters, mini, uh, miniature murder weapon props, two six-sided dice, three sets of cards that have the rooms, the characters, or weapons, solution cards, and an envelope. Um, and so, in some cases, it's a mirror, but it includes one card from each set of cards, and then the detective's notepads that you can use to keep notes on the game, although we were prohibited by, you know, threat of exile to use those. We all had, there were, we had like little notebooks that were actually in the box. So in the UK version for your characters, you had Dr. Black, who was the victim. In the US, it was Mr. Body, um, which is now just making me think, I, I buttle talking about mr body's butler oh yes i buttle sir yeah um in uh the 2023 version uh there's a reference to him as Baden body black jr um so for you either have little pawns or figurines depending on your version so you have miss scarlet who is a femme fatale colonel mustard who is a retired military officer of a distinguished career mrs white who is the chief domestic servant, uh, as in housekeeper or cook. Um, she's been called Chef White before. Um, in 2016, she was replaced by Dr. Orchid, who was a biologist and adopted daughter of the victim. Um, and then she was replaced by Chef White. 
So there was Reverend Green, also known as Mayor Green, the clergyman, uh, clergyman who was, uh, you know, uh, also called Mr. Green here in the U.S., who is a middle-aged businessman with possible criminal connections and turned into a handsome playboy. There's Mrs. Peacock, who is a widowed socialite, although um, in 2023 there was Solicitor Peacock. Um, and then Professor Plum, who is an intelligent, absent-minded professor or academic of sorts. The weapons that you have are the candlestick, the dagger, the lead pipe or lead piping as it was in the UK, the revolver. In the UK, it was originally a Dries M1907 semi-automatic pistol. In North America, it was a Colt M1911 pistol. There was the rope. And the spanner, which in the U.S. was called the wrench. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to go into like the super gameplay or the super rules. I just wanted to, to give a little bit of high level on it. Um, but there are advantages to which character that you play. Like Mrs. Peacock has an immediate advantage of starting one space closer to the first room than any of the other play players, if you play by the rules. Professor Plum can move to the study and take a secret passage to the kitchen, which is the hardest room to reach, so he has that. And Miss Scarlet has the advantage of moving first um, in the traditional rules. So um, as for the additions, oh boy, um, there were unique additions between Parker Brothers and Waddington's, and then Hasbro bought both versions and, you know, just basically changed the labels for market. Um, there were eight unique editions published in North America, including travel editions, miniature travel editions, uh, three distinct Cluedo in the UK, the longest, which ran 47 years from its introduction in 1949. Um, the uh, eighth North American and fourth UK editions have a shared design. And the international ones had some of their own unique designs, but most of them drew off of the UK or US ones. Um, in July 2008, Hasbro released a revamped Clue uh, called Clue Discover the Secrets. And it offered some major changes. So that was when Dr. Orchid came out and some of the rooms were changed. Um, of course, I think it went back. So um, there was also... Okay, so we had Cluedo Discover the Secrets. We had uh, Clue, the classic mystery game. There was Clue Master Detective with 12 rooms, 10 characters, and 8 weapons for up to 10 players. And they added in Miss Peach, Miss Syl Brunette, Madame Rose, and Sergeant Gray to the list of the suspects. It also added Poison and a Horseshoe. And other rooms added were the Fountain, the Gazebo, and the Carriage House. Fun fact that um, a lot of was... those were in the VCR game is where they came from, too, first. Those same characters from the VCR game, as well as the poison. I might be getting there. I know, but I'm just saying that's where that's where those... Yeah. The, it's interesting that's where it came from. Yeah. Um, so there was the 50th anniversary edition that had a deluxe format with an option to play with an extra murder weapon, which is the bottle of poison. Um, and it was also issued as a miniature version. Um... There was Clue Nostalgia Edition that was basically a reissue of the 1963 game in a wooden box. Um, there was the Vintage Edition, which uh, 
was like a it was that bookshelf collection. So, which we still sometimes see at uh, TJ Maxx. <laughs> but oh goodness, the game has spawned so many things. Hey. Um, we have had Clue VCR mystery game from 1985, which is what Rob was re- uh, referring to. Um, and it became the fourth best-selling video cassette in 1985. Above it were Beverly Hills Cops, Star Trek Three, and Ghostbusters. And uh, games listed it as one of the top 100 games of the year. There was Super Cluedo Challenge, which was an advanced version that had Captain Brown, Miss Peach, and Mr. Slate Gray. And the weapons were a blunderbuss, poison, and axe for extra ones. It was uh, Clue VCR 2, Murder in Disguise, uh, Clue Master Detective, um, which was that big copy, uh, Clue Junior, Case of the Missing Pet for Children, Travel Clue, Cluedo the Great Museum Caper, Cluedo Card Game, uh, Clue Little Detective, Junior Cluedo, Travel Clue Junior, Cluedo Super Sleuth, Clue Junior the Case of the Hidden Toys, Cluedo Passport to Murder, which is just a cool name. I would read that book. Cluedo Card Game. Cluedo SFX, which um, was released as Clue FX. Um, or Super Cluedo Interactif, um, which uh, was... Uh, uh, was that? That wasn't the SNES one, was it? I don't think so. No, anyway. I don't think so. There was the SNES one. Um, there was Cluedo Jr., The Case of the Missing Cake, which would have been in my tummy. Uh, Clue Mysteries, Cluedo DVD, Cluedo Party, Clue Express, Cluedo Discover the Secrets, that was released as Clue. Cluedo Carnival, The Case of the Missing Prizes. Uh, there is Secrets in Paris, Secrets in Spies. Oh my god, there's so many. Several card games. Uh, Clue Elimination, that uses four Nerf Jolt EX1 blasters. There is the classic mystery, all kinds of... Oh my god, there's just so many of them. I mean, we don't, have to, we don't have to go over them all. It's fine. Um, whose segment is this? <laughs> Rob, I'm teasing. I wasn't going to go over all of them. Okay. Um, okay, so here's where I wanted to get into the video games. So there were video game versions on the Commodore 64, MSX, Atari ST, PC... Game Boy Advance, ZX Spectrum, Nintendo DS, Nintendo Switch, Super Nintendo CDI, Sega, Mega Drive, uh, Genesis, PC, Mac, Xbox 360, and on iOS. And many, many more. And then there was the movie that bombed in the box office, but later on got a massive cult following. And we love it. And there is an upcoming film. This was, uh, though, announced in 2008 that uh, Hasbro licensed some of their board games to Universal Pictures, including Clue. Um, They announced that Ryan Reynolds would be in it. Um, And then Jason Bateman, and then lots of people. So it's gone on and on. There have been live Clue game shows and Cluedo game shows. A TV series on The Hub had a five-part miniseries, and I didn't watch this, and now I kind of want to. A documentary. There has been Clue the Musical that ran off-Broadway in 1997. Another play, Clue on Stage, The Book of Clue, which I have the novelization. 
somewhere in my collection. And if I am right, it had an ending in it that was not in the movie. Just saying. It was comics, jigsaw puzzles. If they could market something about it, they would. Um, and so, yeah. Um, Clue has been listed as one of the top 100 games released ever. Um, it has been licensed in languages, other locations. And given that this is the last of these for the year, I also thought that there are two other games, that one of them which uh, Rob mentioned, that are spiritual successors. And that would be 13 Dead End Drive. There's oh. Kill Dr. Lucky, Orient Express, Mystery, and Who Done It. And that's it. All right. There's a heck of a huge game that's had a lot of impact uh, on the industry to wrap up uh, the a year of the classic non-video games. Clue. Yes, there is an MSX version, Dark Tetsuya. All right. But this game... It's impossible not to bring up much more with it just because it has such a massive legacy. Yeah, for sure. So. Well, since that was the last special monthly segment of the year, let's take a trip down memory lane and recap in the archives every non-video game pick for the year. So these, uh, these, this is the roster of our classic non-video games for 2023. So in January, we had Mall Madness. February, Jenga. March, we had Simon. April, we had Bop It. May, we had Operation. June, we had Mousetrap. In July, you were caught in the crossfire. In August, <laughs> we had Don't Break the Ice. Uh, September was Connect Four. October was Mystery Date. Last month, November was Guess Who. And then December, of course, Clue or Cluedo, if you're in the rest of the world. So... There it is. So I don't know what I'm doing next. Well, that's okay. It's still I early in the month. I forgot what I came up with. It's it's still early in the month, so we have a long time to figure it out. So we'll we'll. I think I was doing like canceled game of the month. Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah, I want to say that I was going to do a canceled game of the month because, like, I got on the thought of it by looking at Robotech Crystal Dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, Capcom fighting all stars and some of those other games. And so I think that that's going to be my theme is canceled classic video game of the month. That's right. a good one. Or, or like even in the future, you could do like classic video game company that's no longer around or something like that. Oh, could so be on the list. As opposed to a classic video game or as, as a canceled video game, a canceled company. That could be interesting. I, I nominate, what one was it, games, uh, Westwood Studios. One of the games, though, that I would put on this list, technically, I already covered. But two of them, I think. Yeah, because didn't you do Phlebas? I did. Well, no, because that wasn't a real game. That was just a rumor. Oh, I thought somebody was actually but trying to But for actual classic game, uh, canceled games, I did um, Space Fantasy Zone. Mm, okay. Uh, I like the way Orange Wright phrases it in chat. What could have been the classic game of the week? <laughs> That's good I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. I'm down for that. All right. So there may be some repeats that I covered before, but they, they have their purpose. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some rapid fire news and talk about some other quick headlines for the week. 
Uh, Loki, I think you just have a pair of stories for us, then we'll get to the release dates around the world. Yes, yes, yes. The uh, the news I have been waiting for, the, the confirmation of when we can expect Grand Theft Auto 6's trailer to drop, and that is Tuesday mornings at 9, p- 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or I guess Eastern Time. That's Which where means we're not I'm in, still uh, asleep here. I'm still asleep, but the first thing I do when I wake up is watching that trailer. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. And uh, it's th- funny, is it? You know, there's been already leaks out from the game from allegedly some uh, Rockstar head developer's uh, son. Well, it'll be interesting because the trailer should help. You know, either it's going to prove these leaks true or prove them false. You know, oh no, no. I mean, all the leaks are the the leaks are true. I mean, obviously, like we had development gameplay. Uh, It's in Vice City. It's it's absolutely in Vice City. Like that's not even up to question. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I want to see the details of it because obviously Red Dead pushed the graphics and everything even more. Mm-hmm. This is going to push it even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be like five was such a detailed game, like so much. Like I, I'm just absolutely excited. I will stop playing Mike for this game. Well, <laughs> like, I, I, will. <laughs> I, I think the biggest piece of this news is that it's not the Game Awards. You know, a lot of people, a lot of us, us included, yeah, we're surprised. kind of jumping to the conclusion that, oh, it must be a part of the Game there Awards. There still could be something there. Like, they could have a second trailer or something. You never know. It's a stretch, but sure, but yeah. sure. So they're going to get to dominate the conversation for two days before the Game Awards. But, you know, there's... I, I can't wait for those three hour YouTubes that are going to dissect every frame of the trailer, trying to figure out. I can't going wait on. either. I will watch be hosting all of them. one of them. <laughs> I will not be hosting them. I will be watching okay. them. Uh, that was and my one of my go to things back in the day was uh, GTA Five O'clock, and they are coming back for GTA Six O'clock, oh, wow. and I cannot wait to watch them. Okay. Uh, dive into all of that. It, that is going to be my day um, for sure. Uh, something that's not quite my day is still the idea that they're even going to do a live action Minecraft movie. Like animated, yes. Live action, what? What? That doesn't make any sense. But it's still going forward. And now we have the update from Deadline that says that they have uh, added uh, Daniel Brooks and Sebastian Eugene Hansen to uh, the movie's roster as un- they have unnamed. Um, roles so far we don't know who they're going to play um it, the movie is set to release god really uh it's set to release april 5th what how i don't know i All that's right. shocking right there uh allegedly coming out april 5th um of not that i want <laughs> no i know 2024 I know. um still rising and um i the uh the other thing about this though like i I don't want to be this person but i'm going to um it is a warner's brother warner brothers movie so there's a chance that they'll still cancel it but no i mean um uh yeah they'll put this out but they'll cancel you know wiley coyote and the the roadrunner and stuff but i'll watch it no matter what, it's got Jason Momoa in it. I'll, I'll watch it. It, it, it. How bad can it be? <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words. I know that, that's got my curiosity. Yes. 
All right. Well, before we wrap up tonight, let's travel around the world and check out some release dates and what's coming out in different countries around the world. We'll start with the U.S. Loki. Uh, yeah, we have a few things. Uh, so we have Arashi Castles of Sin Final Cut on PC, PlayStation 5, Quest 2, and Quest 3. I'm guessing that PlayStation 5 is PlayStation VR 2. Uh, Born of Bread on PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series. Uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley is, I guess, um, getting a release um, on PC, Mac, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series. I guess that's their 1.0. They're out of early access now. Uh, Kingpin Reloaded on PC. Uh, we have Le- uh, Leica Age Through Blood on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series. Uh, Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. Hope this one's better than the last Lord of the Rings games that came out. Uh, that's on PlayStation 5. Sonic Dream Team on Mac and iOS. Uh, we have Arizona Sunshine 2 on PC. Uh, once again, probably PlayStation VR 2. Quest 2 and Quest 3. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora on PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series. Wonder what their radio towers are going to look like. Thanks, Ubisoft. Um, let's see. We've got. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis on PC. Uh, Hollow Cocoon on PC. Lego Brick Tales uh, VR on Quest 2 and Quest 3. Silence Channel 2 on PC. Small Land Survive the Wilds on PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series. Warhammer 40K Rogue Trader on PC, Mac, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series. And let's see, uh, last but not least, uh, John, I'm going to butcher this, um, John, John, uh, Sword Miss Beyond the Mountains. I, that is not pronounced right, but what, I don't know how to pronounce that. Nintendo Switch. That's it. Enjoy. All right. Let's travel to Japan and check out the releases there. We have a few games this week. We have on the Switch. This is off of the Switch on December the 7th. Uh, Rasen Reijo Spiral Oju Osama. Chohatsu no Makina uh, comes out from Silver Star Japan. Uh, Encouragement of Climb Next Summit is out on December 7th as well. The Chemco RPG Selection Volume 5. Yes, they're up to five of these collections of old Chemco RPGs. This collection happens to have As Divine Menace, Wizards of Brandel, Seek Hearts, and Innocent Revenger, if you were curious what all is in that. Uh, Dodonpachi Blissful Death Reincarnation in regular and limited edition, also coming out on the Switch this week. Valise, the Phantom Soldier, uh, Phantasm Soldier, excuse me, Collection 3 is out as well. Sea of Stars gets a release uh, in Japan on the Switch. Shanghai Legend uh, from Sunsoft also out on the Switch this week. And yes, that is, it's it's the Mahjong game. Remember, like, I think every old school black and white Mac had the Shanghai, which was just solitaire Mahjong, like the quintessential game that is still being made. And there's uh, that on the Switch this week uh on december the 7th uh gigantosaurus the game uh if maybe that's more up your alley the mahjong that is out as well <laughs> taiko no tatsujin feet bachi is also out uh from bandai namco as well because that surprised me but the- oh that is an accessory actually it's actual little uh sticks that you can put the controllers on so it's not actually a game it is uh little sticks to tie to your um little switch uh, controllers to get the authentic drumming experience from those games. Uh, let's take a look quickly at the PlayStation five and what might be out this next week. Um, 
In Japan, we have the Avatar game, Frontiers of Pandora, also releases in Japan. And Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade uh, gets a price reduction because it's a new price uh, release. That's it for this week on the PS5. Let's go over to Europe. Can we, for real? Um, anyway. Get in the car. On the 5th, for PlayStation and Xbox, we have Cyberpunk 2077 Ultimate Edition. For PlayStation, we have Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. On uh, Switch, Fitness Boxing Fist of the North Star. Um, also, Skater XL. On the 6th for PlayStation, PlayStation Plus, uh, sorry, Pulse Explorer. On the 7th, oh, that's that's card game, never mind, just some Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, on the 7th for uh, computers, we have Sims 4 for Rent. We have for PlayStation Football Manager 2024, which is real football and not American football. Um, for uh, computers, Xbox, PlayStation, we have Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. On the 8th, Small Lands Survive the Wilds for PlayStation and Xbox. Um, for PlayStation, we have Quantum Error. And then on the 8th for Switch, we have World of Horror that's already on Steam. Um, and then uh, again on the 8th uh, for PlayStation, we have Tenten Reporter. Uh, cigars and the Pharaoh Limited Edition, and last but not least on Switch on the eighth, Star Wars Heritage Pack. All right, very cool. Done, 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 done. All right, um, let's uh move into this final segment here. I don't know if we will have a lot for the segment <laughs> tonight, but I will quickly invite those of you in chat that have any questions or, or other topics we didn't talk about that you want to bring up for our listener roundtable, uh, you can do that live over twitch.tv slash Vogue network. Uh, we also invite your emails. The, the mailbox is barren. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll ask again, participate at orange If you want to send us an email for a future week. Um, of course we can also always take calls live here on our discord server, vognetworkcom slash discord. I will also look to Loki as I usually do to see if there's any last minute stories tonight. I feel um, like not exactly a crazy busy week, but I'll it ask was not. Cr- it was not a crazy week, but um, we it should be noted off of Reddit that should note that it's a slow week. <laughs> uh, right. It, it should be noted that there was um, an update to Baldur's Gate three um, that yeah. added physics to the game, jiggle physics and. I'm glad that they are equal opportunity offenders. So there is, um, you know, cock and balls. Cock and balls. Now. That's right. <laughs> Merry Yay! Christmas. Cock and balls. Yeah. That, does, that, does this it. mean that it's time for me to actually play through the game and do the, um, do the, my elfie vampire romance? I, I'm legit kind of surprised you haven't, to be honest. It does seem like the type of thing that's up your it's I started like a good it game. Like, I, I'm worried that, like, my character. I'm worried if I play this game, it's going to be something that gets sucked into like um, Elder Scrolls or something like that. Like, it seems like it's just pretty cool, like Dungeons and Dragons wise. So. Oh, no, I might spend a lot of time on a really good game. <laughs> I know. And, all well, time and you is, can multiplayer I mean, I don't have time to have fun. You can, but multiplayer, multiplayer can move really slow. And I, I learned the hard way from live streaming multiplayer that... Um, I, I actually did not enjoy the experience of live streaming multiplayer. And I, I talked about this. Um, if I do play again, I probably will use a guide a little bit to help me out. Just be warned. The only thing is it's it's very easy to do something stupid that wrecks your whole game. So save often. Um, or use a guide to help you not make those mistakes. That's that's the only thing. 
Why don't we just have a tabletop game that we stream? You know, I uh, was promoting on the show the last couple of weeks uh, a, a series that I did with the Tale of D20s, our friends over there, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing tabletop over there. I want, I want, I wonder if I could ask very, very, very nicely. Maybe, maybe somebody over there would be willing to DM a game for us. <laughs> I think that could be fun. Um, <laughs> I, I would, I should introduce you to my level of D and D, which was second edition. Oh well, I don't want to play that. It's too complicated. <laughs> it's not that complicated. You just need a good DM. Uh, All you have to do is be able to do simple math and roll a D20. <laughs> uh, Dartusia says, y'all playing D&D? Yeah, sign me up. Who knows? Maybe, maybe a point redeem in the future. We'll see. That could be fun. That could be a lot of fun. All right. Well, I'm going to assume there's no other comments or questions. So that's okay. Uh, we ra- I still have some steps to go outside and get, even though it's dark, but that's all right. We're going to wrap up our show tonight. Um, but first, we have to get final thoughts. But I do want to say, of course, as always, thank you for listening to Orange Lounge Radio. If you enjoyed what you heard here on the show, tell a friend or two about the show. Help us spread the word because we are the show where every gamer has a voice, but we need more voices to put out here on air. Uh, a nice five-star review on a site like iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is you heard this show goes an awful long way. And as far as VOG Network is concerned, um, uh, we will be here on Thursday night. At least Bobby and I will be to look at the Game Awards live. We're going to get some fun announcements, so I can't wait to react to all of that stuff live with those of you. And uh, again, there's wait, there's other people out there live streaming it too, but do ask yourself, is it just going to be a shit on everything fest? Because unfortunately, there's too many people out there that will just shit on everything. I promise you a shit-free stream. Well, we'll say 99% shit-free stream here at Vogue Network. That should that should be the branding. Vogue Network, 99% shit-free. I, I, I have learned that if someone prompts me hard enough on a stream, I'll start giving a full history lesson. <laughs> all good, all good. Like, go on into full-on scholar mode while I'm half asleep and slightly drunk. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, Dark Sakura, um, maybe not an entire history lesson for your final thought, but before you uh, head off to start playing some Dead by Delight tonight, uh, do you have a final thought for us tonight? <laughs> Dead by Delight. I like it. Um, I say look beyond the obvious and dig deeper into the history. Well, Question what you're told. And when it's a trickster, Dark Sakura, it's always Death by Delight. <laughs> Step on me, trickster. When daddy. it's a trickster, it's that's the bullshit. That's the bullshit. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Anyway, Bye. Uh, let's move over next to Loki. Your final thought for us tonight. Uh, my final thought is I've got a lot of planning to do, a lot of build planning. Fun. Mm-hmm. Minecraft City. Uh, and then my final thought is eventually I will tear myself away from one of these other ongoing games to catch up on my backlog i'm i'm looking right at alan wake remastered and control i really want to play through that whole trilogy someday i'll get there i will someday just not today because i have to go walking for my stupid badge in a stupid game that doesn't mean anything but that's fine what can i say i, I get that it's like back when uh we were playing um ingress and you had to go go hit your portal that's once right. a day otherwise that's you'll right. break the streak that's right what can i say i'm a dumb bitch for achievements <laughs> And on that note, have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is a production of OLR Studios. 
join us for our live show, tune in to vognetwork.com Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Orange Lounge Radio nor Vogue Network, but you know they were all still true.